Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with your host, me, Junior Renee Bobrun. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. If you are a new listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. And I definitely encourage you to not only listen to this episode, but go back to episode one. Because episode one encapsulates a lot of what this show is about, what this ongoing conversation is it consists of. And if you are a well if you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back. You guys know what this is about. We've been on this journey for what is now today our 37th episode. This is season 3, episode 12, but altogether cumulatively it is our 37th episode. This is awesome. That means we're so close to third. What are we? Thirteen episodes away from fifty. I wonder if I should do something. Uh, I don't know, special for the fiftieth episode. You know, I did have some interviews lined up with some very good people. Um, as you know, I've done a couple of interviews. I've actually done three interviews. I've done an interview with a professional bodybuilder, Gene Laguerre. Uh, I've done interviews with uh, Lenore Batista, and I've also done an interview with Sam Pacman John. So I have three interviews under my belt out of these 36 episodes so far, and I'm definitely overdue for another one. Um, there are a couple of people that I'm interested in interviewing. One of them is a, is a very astute, erudite, articulate, uh, just an overall awesome human being who uh, resides in Palm Beach, Florida, not too far from where I lived when I was out there. And um, he definitely warrants a forum. And, um, yeah, I think maybe he'll be a part of the 50th episode or maybe it'll be like a, an event where I do multiple episodes that, uh, I mean, sorry, multiple interviews that episode. I wonder, hmm. hmm, that's something to think about now that I realize that we have this many episodes in the bag so far. This is exciting. Um, first things first, I want you guys to check out onelavi.com. That's O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com. For your vitamin and supplemental needs, it's where I go to get my vitamins and supplements. They did not reach out to me. I mean, I reached out to them to say, hey, guys, since I've been using you guys for so long, uh, utilizing your, uh, uh, your products on your site. Hey, I have this little podcast thing, these shows that I'm doing, these ongoing conversations. And I want I want you guys to be a part of it because you guys are a part of my life already. And um, I'm only going to promote something that I'm that I've used and continue to use. And so they said, fine. So, you know, if you hear me out here hawking products and services, yeah, I'm not ashamed to hawk products and services, but I would be ashamed if these were products and services that I myself did not utilize. I do utilize them. I actually reach out to them first. Like there, there's, there are going to be more sponsors. I hope along the way, um, I'm going to reach out to them and say, hey, listen, I already use your product. It's not because you have a bunch of views or you can give me some money because One La Vie doesn't give me any real money, you know, to do this, you know. But um, as the show grows, so will my fee to mention their name. And I may just mention their name just because anyway, because like I said, it's, a, it's I use the site. I, I use the product. So, hey, in any case. Ah, onelavi.com. Pardon me, guys. I'm a little thirsty. Went for a long three-mile walk in this hot, you know, hot, you know, Midwestern sun. Um, check out onelavi.com. Definitely check out chaveshouse.com for your book needs. 
uh, use the essential self-publishing blueprint. Guys, if you're looking to write a book, if you have any book, whatever the book is about, whatever story, you want to tell a family story, poems, cookbook, uh, if you're in a particular industry and you want to tell your story about the industry, if you're, a, if you're a student and you want to tell your harrowing tales about how it was in law school or med school or grad school or whatever, whatever the case may be, this book, The Essential Self-Publishing Success Blueprint by Lenore Batista is a book that shows you the step-by-step -step on how to write your own book and get it published. I'm using it to write my first book. I'm hoping that it will be published. It will be finished by the end of this year and published in the beginning of next year. So I have big plans for 2022. And also we have uh, stationery and, and decorative notebooks and, and journals, fitness journals for men, fitness journals for women where you can you can uh, tabulate your carbs, your protein, which workout you're doing, uh, how many reps you did for that particular workout. I mean, it's awesome. Extremely awesome. I love it. Um, a lot of things are going on on that side. Daily personal journals, spiritual journals for women, you know, just and um, so check out ChavezHouse.com and also check out Chavez House Publishing on Amazon. OK, today, what's going on? Um, I really liked my Labor Day episode, by the way, guys. Uh I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed speaking about Labor Day. It, um, the history of it kind of took me back to undergrad, my undergrad education when I was, um, and yeah, I'll say it, you know, not to sound, I don't know, whatever, pompous, but I had to school a particular, uh, instructor or professor who was speaking about you know, labor struggles and things like that and didn't seem to know much about it. And I did. So in, I never show up teachers in class because, hey, I'm trying to get my grade, but I will school you in an email. You, I, you will. I, I'm not going to let it slide. I'm just not going to show you up in class because, you know, you know what I mean? So I got into the emails and we we got into several back and forth discussions, very above board, very professional. And that teacher I could tell wasn't trying to relinquish their 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 idiom or their ideology, but yet they had to. And in front of the class, about after a week or so of the back and forth banter between me and this professor, the teacher said, Hey, me and June have been having a great discussion online. Thank you, June. And yeah, and I'd like to discuss certain things about the blah 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 and this, that and the third labor law and stuff and um the teacher's whole tone on that particular subject changed. And a lot of it had to do with what I spoke about in the previous episode about Labor Day. Life and labor is what you make it, the Labor Day episode. Check it out if you're a new uh, listener and you haven't checked that out. Check it out if you're a, 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 a returning listener, but you maybe have skipped over that one and you haven't listened to these episodes consecutively. Um, but um, yeah, so... It, it brought me back to that moment where, you know, that teacher and I had a great meeting of the minds. This person had been in their field 20 years, Ph.D., blah, 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 whatever, whatever, has written a couple of books and they had to stand corrected. I didn't look at it as a great triumph for me. I just like clarity. I'm a, I'm someone who who um, attention comes from oftentimes from people not willing to relinquish the inaccuracies because they're so invested in them, you know, and um, I have no, I have zero issues standing corrected.
but some people do. And this professor in particular, in the beginning, said, well, June, that's an interesting way to put it. And, and well, June, we can agree to disagree. And I refuse to let them get away with that we can agree to disagree line. I said, no, this is not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing. This is a matter of what actually is and what actually is not. So I don't, I, I said, I find that to be lazy. I said, with, I said, respectfully, with all due respect, I, that's not how we're going to end this. We're, you know, you are an academic. I am a budding academic, but I have been an avid researcher long before I decided to enroll in this, in this university. So we're going to get to the bottom of this. You just let me know where I'm wrong and that's it. And I'll stand corrected. And they couldn't. And I showed them where they were wrong. But in any case, enough about that. I just, um, I enjoy that stuff. I, I enjoy it. And I enjoyed that particular episode. And I hope you guys, uh, enjoyed it too. Cause I enjoyed doing it. Uh, forgot to mention. If you guys do have any suggestions, questions, concerns, kudos, accolades to give out about the show, definitely hit me up or at a, on my email at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at whoseworldisthis2021 or whoseworldisthis2021 on Instagram. And the email is different from the Instagram because the Instagram, I'm sorry, the email is whoseworldisthis21, all right, um, at gmail. So today, what are we going to call this episode? I was thinking of naming it uh, because there's so many things going on in the future. One of them being the book that's coming up uh, next year. Um, I wanted to name it Big Things or or maybe uh, something along the lines of think bigger, be bigger, do bigger, be bigger, whatever the case may be. So it's a still a, it's tentative. It's a, it's a working title. But this stream of consciousness is going to be about uh, uh, expanding what it is that you are, maybe taking a couple of chances and betting on yourself. You know, as an entrepreneur, which I am, I've spent more years as an entrepreneur than an employee. And that's, that's real. And I realized that this year, not too long ago, when I, when I, you know, a couple of episodes ago, I can't remember which episode. I wish I could remember it. Damn. But that episode where I was speaking about, I contracted with a particular company and I found myself speaking to people and they were telling me they have to find out what's going on with corporate as if corporate was this amorphous creature that hid behind a drape or a curtain like the Wizard of Oz, like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. It's like, wait, what is this corporate thing? I was so accustomed to being an entrepreneur having my name as either CEO, president, director, managing director, VP, where I'm working directly with the, with the owner boss of the company that I am contracted with, or I'm just an entrepreneur and I'm working with other bosses. You are either a boss or you are my customer or you're a lead. That's the life that I've led where I was bossed up and I was either dealing with bigger richer bosses bosses or I was dealing with bosses on my level or bosses that were st starting out or whatever the case may be so when I started contracting with this company and you know I, there was a particular issue and they're telling me about corporate and uh, we had this conversation um I love I love when I say that a friend of mine said that to me he called me he said June I love the fact he said I love the fact June when you say oh we've had this conversation already when you're speaking you know, during the shows, 
because I he says it stays true to the ethos that I've said from the beginning where I said this is an ongoing conversation and I want every single last person out there to feel like I'm speaking exactly to them because I know that there is um, someone out there that's listening to this that pretty much everything I'm saying resonates with them. I'm not a people pleaser, but the people that are my people, I, I hope to please them and I hope they are pleased. I'm not looking to please everyone. This show is not for everyone. This is an acquired taste. It's an acquired tribe. I'm seeking out my people. And I'm hoping that those people are pleased. And um, so that's why I said in our previous conversation, because this is what it is. This is what it is. Um, but yeah, um, like I was saying, so I found myself speaking to these people that could only speak via the whatever dictums or mandates were given to them by subsection whatever whatever of their human resource employee manual because they couldn't they weren't allowed to speak with their own voice with their own candor and their own authenticity and transparency so because they can't they just revert back to the manuals or maybe they don't have their own words they don't have enough words to say what they want to say so they revert back and i've said to myself Wow, I, I can't I can't work in or, or, or be contracted in situations where I'm more than two degrees of separation from the boss person, the person who has the actual sovereign power of the pen. I, I don't work well with if I'm being contracted with the company because of the services that I can provide. I don't work well with middle management. I don't work well with them. Where's your boss? Because speaking to middle management and they don't have the answers and they don't know how to take a chance and there, there's so many constraints around them and they're confined to this role. And it's like, wait, 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 get out. Where's your boss? And that's, we're going to talk about if you, if you feel as if that you're ready to make a, a, a move or a leap outside of your employ, your employee matrix, you know, I think I think, you know, within the next couple of months, it may be time for you to do so. You know, it may be time for you to quit your day job if your day job hasn't quit you already. You know, see whatever skills that you have and see how employable you are, how um, to change your resume into a business plan, how to do that, because I realize um I don't ever plan on updating my resume again. I realized that. I realized that a couple of years ago, but I realized that definitely after. Like my resume, yeah. Um, I'll show you the receipts of of my company, maybe, because, you know, that's proprietary. But um, I'll let you know what I've been doing. I'll attach something that looks like a resume, a, some, a bio to the business plan and to the business pitch and to, a, to an angel investor or a venture capitalist or a, a someone who wants to be a silent or not so silent partner. But when you want to do bigger things and you realize that these, 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 these walls can no longer hold you and these, these, uh, the rooms are too small, like that room I was in a couple of months ago was too small for me. And I, sh I had to shrink to be in that room. 
You know, like that little Avengers character, that dude whose superpower is getting smaller. Yeah, that, does, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. Getting in, you know, because there are so many more dangers and perils when you're that size. And that's how I feel in business. The smaller you are, the more dangers that you have. You, you don't have any control of what's going on around you. You have no clue what's going on. People use words like corporate. And all of a sudden you have to jump. Oh, an email just came from corporate. Well, where is this corporate? And, and you feel like that little small character. I can't remember his name in the Avengers. That little guy. Uh, you know, that, you know no, no. I don't want to be the little guy that can fit into all the crevices and all of that. Where a grasshopper or a cricket is dangerous to you. You know what I mean? All of a sudden a frog is your enemy. There's, no, I, I don't want to deal with the, 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 these little. I don't want to call anybody little but i don't want to deal with those little problems that happen when you are stuck somewhere either beneath middle management or in between middle management and things like that and you have no access to ownership none you don't know the, the boss man is somewhere in the sky might as well be an omnipotent being you have no access no way for you little old you to get to the ceo I can't work for a company. I can't even contract with a company like that. Can't do it. I would much rather work for or work with, I'm sorry, because I can't work for anybody anymore. I'll have to work with people. Um, and that's what I'm accustomed to doing. And I want to talk to you guys about that. The people out there that feel the exact same way, that are just 100% totally exhausted with just dealing with the automatons of the world. And you want to do bigger things. Take this particular uh, uh, platform, this conversation that we're having. I spent the better part of today sending out some what I call feeler emails about this show, seeing if there were some larger entities that wanted to get involved with this show. This show is young. It's only 30 plus episodes in. I don't have, you know, I didn't advertise. It's word of mouth, by the way, word of mouth. If you guys are on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Amazon, please rate this show. Please take a moment, even right now, pause right where you are right now, rate, review, and subscribe to this show because it ups the algorithm. It, it'll, it'll have this show show up in the rankings. It'll be a blip on the screen, okay, because you guys have done a pretty decent job of sharing it. I can see it on my end you know, the upticks, which episodes, et cetera, et cetera, that, that get, um, that are getting the most downloads and things like that. So definitely rate it. If you rate it, if you think it's a five-star rated show, great. If you think it's a fourth rate it, regardless of what rate it and definitely leave a review. It ups the algorithm. In any case, I sent out some feelers. I'm saying to myself, yeah, it's time for this to become a bigger thing. You don't want to turn off parts of yourself. You're never going to be able to be your 100% full, true self and reach your full, true potential if you are constantly turning little pieces of yourself off to appease your boss, to appease this, to appease your employer, your man. It's not going to happen. That's why if an employer wanted to hire me, like I said in another episode, it says, hey, we want to know what your social media looks like. Go ahead. Take a look. I'm not going to give you the password, but my IG is public. Oh, oh, my podcast, guess what? It's available on all platforms all over the world. So please, feel free. Take a listen. If you don't like it, 
don't have to work with me. If you do, okay, we can work. You can agree to disagree. <laughs> like that professor said, you can agree to disagree, but um, that's kind of who I am. You can have an idea of what I think about things. Relationships, the news, government, politics, you know, economic dynamics. Take, take a listen. And you can only do that when you've decided that when you looked in the mirror, you, you, you've decided that, yeah, I like this version of me. I like this truth. And if you don't like it, I'm so fine and okay with that. You have to be very okay with yourself to do what I'm doing right now because I'm not getting paid for this. I'm still out there in the world. If you Google my name, this show comes up, boom, <laughs> right? So if, a, if an employer, let's say I was on an interview and what do you like to do? I'd be like, hey, I'd like to, you know, do this and vacation and, and invest and, and, and travel and I do a show. I have a show that I, oh, really? Yeah, you can listen to episode one right now if you'd like. It gives you a little idea of what I'm about. Or you can listen to a couple of episodes and see if you want to have me come back for the second round of interviews. You know? And actually, with that company that contracted me, they were told about my uh, podcast before, I, before we started working with each other. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is very insightful, blah, blah, blah. I was like, great, great. I'm glad you liked it. But what I'm saying is I want to talk to you guys about Maybe understanding that you may have to do some things differently to get bigger. You may have to do some things differently. I'll never forget. I was uh, New Year's. One of the New Year's is uh, New Year's Eve. I was in Atlanta and a radio station invited a friend of me and a friend of mine to fly from New York to Atlanta to be part of their uh, New Year's Eve, uh, uh, you know, festivities. So we go down there, me and my friend and um, we are hanging out. And when the ball dropped, I'm sorry, the peach dropped downtown Atlanta, wherever, I gave him a hug and I said, before we can get bigger, we have to get a lot smaller. And, and he was like, what do you mean? And I didn't even realize what I was saying at the time, but um, for me to accomplish a lot of the things that I wanted to accomplish, I ended up having to get rid of all of those friends I had. And I had a whole Wu-Tang Clan crew of dudes that I was rolling with in New York City. And for me to become the man that I wanted to become, I realized I had to I had to cut those guys off. And it was difficult because these are the dudes that I trusted the most, that I spent the most time with when I did decide to spend time with people. And I wanted more. And the things that I wanted, they didn't find a value in. The places I wanted to go and the things I wanted to explore, they didn't find value in. So I'll never forget years and years later, here I am, I'm studying in Italy, I'm living in Rome, I'm, I'm, in, I'm sitting there having an espresso, I have an Armani peacoat on, shades, scarf wrapped around my neck, beautiful people all around me, beautiful women, four or five inch stilettos, I'm sipping an es espresso, and not one of those friends knew that I was in Italy that I was studying in Rome on scholarship, studying international studies. Not one of those dudes from years earlier, that whole cadre of dudes, none of them knew I was even there. None of them I could call and share that enthusiasm with and share the, just the, the sheer wonder of just being over there in a place I've always wanted to visit, let alone stay for half a year or so. And there was nobody. There was none of them. 
But for me to get to sit at that cafe on Coladeri Rienzo in Italy, guess what? I had to get rid of them. <laughs> I had to get rid of them years prior. So I'm asking you guys out there, what things do you have to get rid of so you can get bigger? What do you have to get rid of? You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a stranger to bodybuilding. You guys can check out uh, my episode that I had. What I, I think it's called It Ain't Hard to Tell with Gene Laguerre, uh, that interview I did with him on this show. And the things that you have to get up to become a bodybuilder, there are things that you have to do. There are things that you have to do to become bigger, stronger. You have to give up some things. You have to uh, sacrifice some things. So I'm asking you right now, uh, what are you willing to give up? It's a leap. If you want to be a, a, an entrepreneur and you want to leave the employee, employee world, you're going to have to turn your resume into a business plan. The same amount of time you spent learning how to build a great resume, okay, scrap that or use some of those uh, fundamentals and see how do I create business plans and articulate the things that I want to do? What is the anatomy of a business plan? Go, go look, you know, go look. We'll talk about it. Maybe my book may be dealing with some of this stuff. Teaser, spoiler alert. You know, the book that's, that's coming out is going to be along the same frequency as this ongoing conversation. I'm going to, everything that we're doing is about empowering putting literally the battery on the backs of the people who listen to this. That's what this is about. It's not only just perspectives and just me giving my own, you know, my little, you know, slice of what I think of is going on in the world or in Americana. Nah, this is also about, hey, listen, um, there's no better time than the present for you to start doing the things that you want to do and living the life that you want to lead. There's never going to be a quote unquote right time. You can plan yourself all the way to an to a grave. OK, there are a lot of people who have passed away. Rest in peace to Michael K. Williams, Omar, who played Omar Little in The Wire. I think a couple of days ago it was just announced that he was pronounced dead. Fifty two or fifty four years old. I mean, what are we talking about here? The man was supposed to be playing in the new George Foreman biopic. I was looking forward to that. I was like, oh, Michael K. Williams is going to be in that. Oh, of course, I'm going to watch gone gone but you know what he did he left the body of work before he left 54 years old it's pretty relatively young it's a pretty young guy to be to be gone but guess what he went out there and took his shot he shot his shot his death as tragic as it may be that man went and lived out his dream from living in flatbush brooklyn from being an addict from all of this other things that were going on in his life to, to being to, ha to having one of the most iconic characters in hbo and television history omar little playing chalky white and boardwalk empire i mean those two roles right there was like boom dude you were in the wire and boardwalk empire seriously and you was and you're a scene stealer really okay so he shot his shot he went for it it's like they say in basketball you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take that's why shooters have no conscience. They just keep shooting, keep shooting. And whether you miss or not, you keep shooting. And I've had to adopt a little bit of that mentality. I've had to because sometimes you shoot and you miss and you get a little gun shy. You get a little gun shy. You start saying to yourself, man, um, maybe I shouldn't have shot that shot. You know, 
And the reason why I decided to do this episode was because I was watching PBS a couple of nights ago and um, me and my fiance and I was just scrolling through and there was a documentary that just started. I caught it right after the credits rolled. So I'm very happy about that. And it was about this young conductor and I didn't know him, a Canadian conductor. And it was named, his name is uh, Yannick Nizet Seguin, right? And he's a young dude, and I'm watching this dude, and I, I happen to like classical music and opera music a lot. I enjoy it and um, because I don't have to, th there's something about that music that I don't have to think. You know, when you're listening to pop music or you're listening to music that has lyrics, you're keeping up with words. You're keeping up with what they're trying to say. When I'm listening to classical music or jazz, I just let the music do whatever it is it's going to do and I allow whatever stream of consciousness that the music takes me to I let my I let my mind go there so the music will play and I'm listening to it and at the same time I'm thinking about a whole host of things so it opens up a whole other side of my mind I feel so this dude Yannick you know he, they're telling his story about how he became one of the youngest conductors ever in the modern era and, you know, he, he fell in love with music at an early age. At 10 years old, this dude gets on the phone or tells his mom at 10 to call up the Canadian whatever classical music conservatory. And she's like, why? He says, because I want to be a conductor and I want to know how to be a conductor. And he gets on the phone at 10 years old and he's telling this story about how he got on the phone and said, hey, listen, I want to be a conductor. What do I have to do? And the, the, the person over the phone laughed and said, how old are you? He said, I'm 10. And they laughed a little bit more. But then at the same time, they said, it's a lot of work. And this is what it's going to take. You're going to have to play an instrument. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. We, you know, you're going to have to study music, studying music, study music theory. And gave him all the things that he needed to do. Told him. Told him all the things he needed to do. And you know what he did? He did them. He was in a choir. He played the piano he learned music theory he learned every part how, the musician part the vocalists part everything he learned it 10 years old so the thing is a lot of us out there we've lost a lot of that fearlessness that we have as a child because when you're a child you don't realize how much work is in front of you to do something. You just want to do it so badly. You just do the work. You kind of just do it. Like I wanted to play this kind of game. or I remember wanting to learn how to play chess. I didn't think about how long it was going to take. I just did it. But as soon as we become an adult, we start, we start using all of these other factors to weigh whether we're going to do something or not. And really all that is is fear playing a part. And we, we using, we're using all these cost-benefit analyses. Of, oh, I don't, want to, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I, it takes so much time. You know how long it takes to be a this? You know how long it takes to be a that? And blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I, is, do you remember that story? Um, how does it go? Um, that uh, person who wants to become a doctor. And uh, I think they're a little older. And um, they said, I want to go to medical school. I think they were talking to a doctor. And they asked the doctor, how long is it going to take to be a doctor and the doctor said about I don't know eight to ten years or whatever and that person said oh my gosh I'm going to be 50 by the time I become a doctor and that doctor said you're going to turn 50 anyway so you might as well turn 50 as a doctor that age is going to happen regardless how do you want it to look 
So we're all going to get to these ages where we're older and we're this, that, and the third. How many broken dreams do we want to leave behind? How many, how many of those things that we never got to do? How many regrets do we want to have as opposed to have gone, as opposed to saying, I tried that. I went all the way. It didn't work, but it opened up this door, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not mad that I tried. You know how many things I went all the way to the wall for, almost ran through a wall for? I don't regret it. I don't regret it. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to put a lot of this stuff in the Z book. I think this book is going to be part motivation, part biographical, part uh, just my ramblings and musings, the way it's coming about. Because there's so many things now when I'm speaking to you guys through this medium, I'm thinking, man, that would make a great, great chapter. Man, that would make a great chapter. Man, that would make a great couple of pages, at least, if not a great chapter, but a couple of pages. So, you know, I got to really rethink some of the things I'm doing. As they say, when you're writing books, they say your first draft, most times you're finished. <laughs> the finished version of your book looks nothing like your first draft. Nothing from the first draft gets to the last. That's what they say. So right now I'm still working on the first draft. So, you know what, for all I know, I may scrap this whole um uh, uh, way I'm doing it right now and um, start from scratch, but we'll see. I think there's some key components that I want to keep, but that's important. You know, that's important. I remember I started a, um, a music company years ago. Just want to share this with you because it goes back to creating big things, being bigger than we are. I started this music company not because I wanted to be the next music mogul, um, I didn't want to be the next Jimmy Iovine or Russell Simmons or Sean P. Diddy, Daddy Love Combs or Jay Prince or Shugna and anybody like that. I did it because when I looked around, I was, I was in Queens, New York. I, I was surrounded by talent. We had talented vocalists. We had talented musicians, talented hip hop producers, beat makers all the while. When I say talented, I mean talented because I was in a hotbed of music in my area. And all I had to do was compare it to either what was on the radio or, or to people that I knew were actually getting signed to major labels. Let's just say within three to four square miles of my home, you can call it hip hop's ground zero. We'll talk about that later. So when I listened to what my friends were doing and cousins and family were doing and I compared it to what was going on, I said, hey, listen. We are comparable. We are in the same neighborhood. But the one thing that they didn't have, we had musicians, but there weren't any business people. There wasn't anybody that could galvanize and, and, and see the forest for the trees and get everyone on the same page and see that this artist may need to do this and see where this person can improve. There was no one doing it. It was just everybody sort of jamming all the time doing songs just for the sake of doing songs. And so I said, hey, listen, why don't I just become the scout? Why don't I just take meetings and, 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 and be the scout? And, and, you know, for the producers, I was going to get more, more, more talented vocalists. And for the vocalists, I would go out there and get more talented producers. I said, I'll be the scout because it seems like we don't have that person. And I, and I think I can do that role. And they were like, all right, cool. Cool, no problem. They trusted me. They respected me. So what did I end up doing? I'm all over the five boroughs. I'm in, except Staten Island, but I'm all over. I'm in Long Island. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in the Bronx. I'm in Yonkers. And Long Island doesn't count as a borough, but I'm just saying. Um, I was all over the place 
different projects, whether you're in the suburbs or you lived in the most notorious projects or inner city tenement in New York, I was there. If, I, if someone, I, I chased down every single lead. So my friends were looking at me like, June is really, you know, and the people that I was meeting really respected me. They're like, yo, June. So my phone was ringing, June, I want to work with this guy. You think you can hook it up? And then something else started happening. I was still utilizing that 10-year-old that Yannick was. I said, okay, I think we have enough talent. Let me at least send this up the food chain to a lot of these big studios and companies. So I went there and I had meetings, you know, not like a doe-eyed deer who doesn't know any better, but I went there with the the, uh, intent of, hey, listen, I want you guys to show me if I'm on the right track. Tell me if I'm on the right track. Just like Yannick wanted to know what it takes to be a conductor. What do I need to do? So I'm like, here's our music. What do you guys think? They liked it. They did this. They liked that. They did that. They liked it. They gave me the the old company line. But guess what? I stopped doing the music because a lot of my friends and, and cousins, they didn't see the complete big picture. So they stopped doing music. They stopped doing this, and they've gone on to live regular lives. Good for them. Um, But in any case, I noticed five, six, seven months later, guess what happened? Those same studios and those same big record companies were calling me back. And I'm thinking they're calling me back for the music and calling me back for the artists because I still was looking at myself like a scout, because I told my friends I'm going to come in and be the scout. But the people that I was meeting were looking at me like I was the boss because they didn't ask about the music. Even when I got off the phone with them, I was like, it's strange. They didn't ask about such and such and such and such. They just wanted to know what I'm doing. Hey, June, what are you doing? I didn't realize at that time that I was filling the shoes that I was supposed to be filling. I didn't know that I was a boss because these were my friends, these were my family, these are the people that I was relaxing with, hanging out with. Mind you, these are the same people that I had to cut off when I decided to bet 100% on myself, and all of a sudden I'm traveling the world on my own and doing my own thing, as if I was on tour. The kind of tours they should have been taking, I took. The places that they should have been visiting, I visited. The places that they should have been traveling and living at, I went to, and, and I lived there, but I digress. But what's interesting is at that time, I wasn't ready to fill those shoes because I didn't even know those shoes were available. I wasn't looking at it like that. But I still had the presence of mind to say, I got to go talk to the bosses to figure out how to be a boss. You have to speak to bosses to figure out what you need to do to be excellent. You have to speak to people who've already done it. And that's what I was doing. I was like, hey, I don't want to just fish in the dark with all the music we're doing. I got to go take it up to the. And so many people like, don't do that. We're not ready. Remember remember what I said about the adult in us that's constantly trying to wait till they're ready? Plan it, plan it. You're planning your you're planning your funeral. If you're going to keep planning and planning to be great, all you're really doing is planning a great funeral. You got to do the thing and you got to do it now. And sometimes it's not going to be perfect, but you got to keep going. You got to keep you got to do it eventually you got to take that leap and then you have to put it in the hands of people who can really help you. You know what I mean? I've seen the greatest artists. I've heard some of the greatest hip hop artists. I've heard their demos. I knew what they sounded like before you heard them, but they had to do the work and then they had to have the faith and the confidence and even a little bit of naivete and fearlessness to take that music to someone else and say, yo, I want to improve. 
and that and then take the criticism and take the the constructive criticism and take the suggestions and go okay and then all of a sudden when you hear the finished product six months or eight months or a year later you're saying wow that did not sound like the same person and it was it was because that person was ready so what i didn't know was when i was going to these people and i was asking them what our music needs to do to improve and are we on the right track what i should have been asking was but i didn't know to was like hey how about me you know i'm looking to be the ceo such and such of this company and etc cetera, etc cetera. what about me so what ended up happening was when i did decide to become a ceo all of the friends and all of them still looked at me as a scout because i started to walk in those shoes when i finally realized wait a minute somebody has to be the ceo might as well be me we can all be CEOs, but the lawyer said, I have to be a CEO because I'm the one coming with all the money and funding the projects. Everybody's scattered. And I'll never forget that because they weren't ready to do big things. And I was. So when I decided to not deal with them anymore for personal and professional reasons, my big things started to manifest for me. I decided, listen, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm not going to ever put myself in a position again where I'm saying, oh, if it wasn't for such and such, if if such and such and I were on the same page, then this would have happened if such and such. So I said no. And when I bet on me, oftentimes I put all the chips in and I've done pretty well. I'm still up. Let's put it that way. If we look at all the receipts of how many times I gambled and how many times I bet on me, I'm up, still up. Despite economic collapses in 07, 08, 09, 2010, 11, and Occupy movements and this, that, and the third, and in debt, and despite what's going on now, 2020, and despite you know bad car accidents in 2018, despite all of that, I'm still up because those times where I bet on me, I bet big. And I looked in the mirror and I said, whoever this person is, this, this, this person that I am, I'm gonna bet on that person's truth. I'm gonna bet because not only is their heart and their intent in the right place, they they're walking with a level of confidence and humility that I know is going to take us to where we need to go. I thought I had the foresight, the hindsight and the insight to get to where I needed to go and the eyesight. So said, so let's do it. And that's what I'm asking you guys now. You guys out there right now is to utilize these things to get to where you want to go. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take determination. It's going to take a level of consistency. Over the last, let's just say this year and a half has not been the most consistent for me and for many. That's why I did an episode where I pushed back on a lot of these so-called Twitter fingerers who were admonishing people for not starting a new hobby or, or reinventing the wheel during our quarantine and shutdowns. Going through the most unprecedented time in most of our lives these people wanted us to start taking up hobbies. Really? Like what? Oh, you should have gotten in shape. Oh, really? Should I? With the gyms closed. Hmm? Should I? Should I now? With, with my CrossFit center and my gyms closed and, and, you know, in certain states in this country, if you were outside on your bicycle or something, they're saying, hey, you need to get inside by a certain time. You know, nonsense. You know what I mean? Nonsense. So I haven't been the most consistent. But you know what I kept doing? I kept chugging away. I kept chipping away at things. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do when you're trying to do big things. You're not going to get there with the same muscles that you have right now. <laughs> you're not. You're not. 
you're going to have to use new muscles. You're going to have to do new exercises. You're going to have to push yourself to new limits to get bigger than you are right now. And um, I want a lot of people out there to um, expand, expand as we enter into the end of 2021. And who knows <laughs> what's in store for us in 2022. I don't know. I have no idea. I can't tell you. All I can tell you is that if they're giving us another day, if you wake up in the morning, that represents opportunity. If your eyes open, that's opportunity, period. That means you're open to the possibilities. There's an opportunity at that moment right there to expand, to make a choice. Whether Do I want to live like yesterday or do I want to live better today than I did yesterday? That's a choice we're all going to make. Do I want to have better friends? Do I want to have better relationships? Do the relationships I have now, do I want to make them more meaningful? Are there certain people and certain things I have to get rid of? Are there certain habits that I must release? That I must, because I, you know, it's harder to, it's hard to break a habit, but it's, it's easier to replace a habit. So you don't just say, I'm going cold turkey. I'm not doing this. No, no, no. Don't even look at it that way. Like replace that with this. Replace that brand with this brand. Replace, what are you going to do? I'm not watching any more TV. Really? So what are you going to do? So don't watch any more TV. I'm not going to watch. I, I watch way too much. I stream too many shows. So you know what to do now? Go to the pawn shop. Go pick, go pick up a cheap guitar and go stream some, some how to play a guitar YouTubes or something. Why don't you go play chess? Go, go online and go, go play. Replace your habits. Don't break habits. Replace them. Say, I don't want to do that anymore. But then make sure you put something in its place or you're going to go back to that thing that you don't want to do anymore. That's how it works. So... As of right now, you don't, there's no more time for you to plan. It's time for you to do. Plan to do. Do it now. But make sure that it's actionable and you're getting it in. I can create a whole action plan for everyone talking right now. I mean, everyone listening. I can say, this is what you do. Step one. Step two. Blah, blah, blah. Step three. Think about it. Step four. But I'm not going to do that. First, you have to think about it. You have to look at yourself differently. It's easy. There's so many YouTubes and TikToks and Reels and TikTokians, TikToking in your ear about this is what you do to level up and et cetera, et cetera. No, you have to look at yourself differently. You have to look at yourself as if you're the kind of person as, that you're willing to bet on. Because if you're not willing to bet on you and you're not willing to gamble on you, then why would somebody else? I don't care how many actionable steps you put in the way. First things first is you got to go. In the mirror right now after listening to this episode or pausing it and looking in the mirror and going. Yeah, I'm betting on you. I'm betting on you. We are enough to get this done. We know what we need to do to get this done. I'm betting on you. And then you put in the actionable steps. But you got to look in that mirror and believe it. You got to say it to yourself out loud. And you have to believe it. If not, then none of this that we're saying is going to make any sense. I don't have to give you step one, step two, step three. I don't know. For what you can go. That's why so many people keep going back year after year after year to those Tony Robbins conferences. Those things are five thousand dollars a pop and they keep going back for five G's. You better tell me everything that I need to know to become freaking Superman. I ain't coming back next year just to go through this whole collective. I am enough conference. No, I'm not doing that. If I spend that money, but that's the thing. People still don't believe in themselves. So they keep coming back for that dopamine, that hopamine, and they keep going back. I know people who are, who, who go, um, who are, are serial, uh, uh, self, uh, serial, serial motivational conference goers. I'm like, wait, 
you seem so motivated to spend all this money on these conferences. You could have built a business by now. You could have had a hedge fund. You could have, you know how much money you could have spent on crypto? The money you spent on these conferences? Oh, yeah, I'm going to the conference, June. You got to come. For what? For what? Is it a networking conference? Is it a business conference? Is it an incubator for new innovative business ideas, different economic ways of doing things like cooperative economics, different different ways of utilizing our capitalistic system with co-ops and creating new hybrid systems for the 21st century? Oh, no, it's not that. Eh, I ain't interested. Is it a music conference? So I can listen to dope new bands and things like that or or maybe, you know, you know, some travel packages or something like that. You know, I learn how to, uh, um, you know, just travel more efficiently and, you know, places to go. And no, it's not that. Don't, why am I going to constantly go? So you you're motivated enough to save up the money to go to these conferences. You're motivated enough to find the hotel room, find the plane ticket, f find friends and people to go with you. You're motivated enough to do that. So what? So you should be a one-time thing. That's it. It's just like antibiotics, right? You take it for this one particular thing that you have. You are afflicted with maybe a lack of belief in yourself. Go look in the mirror first and foremost. Get that belief. You go to this conference, people are telling you how to believe in you. I'm telling you right now that the only way to have these things occur in your life that you want, you want to accomplish these bigger things. The only way it's going to happen is you got to look in the mirror and say, I'm bigger than this. I'm bigger than where I'm at right now. What do I need to do to get better? And I believe that, that you can do it. That's why I told you um, when I decided to part ways with that company it was because it's like, wait a minute. Um, if I'm not speaking to the boss or someone who's right next to the boss, if I can't speak to the boss or the capo, then what are we doing? You understand? I, what are we doing? I have to be two to three degrees of separation away from the actual power of the pen. I speak in a different kind of language and an automaton in middle management can't have a conversation with me. I'm sorry. That's where I'm at right now. That's my truth. Now, that may rub some that are listening to this. The, the, it may rub someone the wrong way and say June sounds a little brash and arrogant. You forget I'm from Queens, New York. That comes with the territory. In all humility, there's only so humble I can be. If, if to, to grow up where I grew up, and it's not some crazy favela. It's not that. It was pseudo-suburbia. But to be where I lived, you had to be able to sharpen up your elbows and thicken up your skin. And some people were built to be bosses and some people were not. And New York kind of tells you where you are on the totem pole really quickly. And when I say bosses, I don't mean everybody's out there supposed to be an entrepreneur and a CEO and some sort of media mogul or a captain of industry or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about in your own right, whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever vision of yourself, visage of yourself that you have, you don't really have a lot, a whole lot of time out there to, um, um, to waste while you're living out somebody else's dream, working for some other person, making them a whole lot of money. If your job right now is helping people, then continue to help people. You know, I resent certain entrepreneurs that say, oh, everybody who's working a nine to five is, a, is, you know, is, getting, is getting cheated. If you're a kindergarten teacher, you're saving lives. If you're working in a child care center right now and you're providing a nurturing environment for children, for them to grow, and you're, foster, you're fostering an environment that's conducive to a child learning and being enthusiastic about learning, you are, you are an essential worker. You are saving lives. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. Nobody. I'm talking about the other people. I'm talking about the people that aren't satisfied with their lot right now. 
the people that are like, oh my God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I still here? Why, why do I even talk to these people? Who are you? How can, why am I, how did I, and you're looking in the mirror and you're looking at yourself like, come on, man, do it already. I'm talking to, I'm talking to those people. I'm talking to those people that have had enough. Because me personally, if you guys want to know if I'll let you in on a little secret. <sighs> it is very difficult for me to speak to people who can't use their own words, who are afraid of their own voice. I'm, I have z very, I don't want to say zero, but I have extremely low tolerance for people that aren't living their truth and then try to speak to me in certain ways. My eyes get really low. And then the Scorpio in me starts to hunch his shoulders back. And I just feel as if <laughs> I just can't do it. I'm allergic to it. And when you're working with quote unquote corporate, that's what you get. And I'm not built for it. When I look, I know my personality. Some people are. Some people flourish in those environments and go right up the ladder or whatever the hell the ladder looks like. But it could be, you know, but I, it doesn't work for me. It's not conducive to my creative side, to my, my strategic side. It's not creative to the all of me because I bring all of me to a place. And for some, it may not, may be too much. Some, some of me, I bring all of me like, Hey, this is, you know, I, I don't come in like a bull in a China shop. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, running through, you know, um, um, you know, uh, a jewelry store with my arms out like an airplane going, Hey, whatever. No, that's not what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of tact involved, but at the same time, I'm, I'm confident in my truth to the point where I am not going to wear many masks to appease you're only 24 hours in a day how many times how much of that do you want me to be asleep and not me even when i'm asleep i'm living my truth so why should i live your truth why should i follow your script that's why i do this show unscripted that's why with all the pauses and me having to think about what i'm going to say with all the stutters no edits I don't have an editing machine and I probably won't get one. I could get, I could get one. No edits. We're not doing that. If someone were to partner with me and say, uh, or an entity say, Hey June, you know, you know, we like your show, but sometimes you kind of pause and you're thinking we could tell, we kind of want to edit that out. No, we're not. It's part of the conversation. That's why it's a conversation. Conversations aren't always polished conversations don't always sound like some speech that you're reading off of a teleprompter like a politician or some actor that's rehearsed their lines hundreds of times and have done dry runs before they actually do it in front of a camera it's not what we're doing here we're speaking from our whatever we're going to call it our hearts our, our our truth place our our honest place that's what we're doing so sometimes it's a little rough around the edges, but that's good. It's not because I'm not, it's, I'm not um, giving it to you unedited because I don't care or I feel, hey, I'll just give the audience whatever. I'll give the listeners and the people I'm having a conversation with whatever. That's not why we do this. That's not, that's not the point. The point is to give you authenticity. That no matter how much money this show may make in the future, 
it's still going to have that element to it where you, you feel as if you're speaking to someone who you, you just got on the phone. Let me pick up the phone and call June. That's what this is. This is what this show is. Let me, let me, let me see what's going on in, in his world right now. Let me see. Let me see what's going on in his world. And then you just pick up, you, you pick up an episode and you just boom, you press play and then you'll figure it out. And then you'll, then you hear for yourself. And that's what this is about. I want everybody out there to find their version of that because I've, I'm getting closer and closer to a point where I'm going to be living out my full truths, where I live, you know, how I live with my fiance, where we go. Um, it's going to look markedly different than how my life is right now. It's going to be beautiful. The location may be different. My vocation's going to be different. Um, but my vocation's the same. I build things. I, I'm building this from scratch. I build things. That's what I do. I'm a builder. So my vocation will never change, but my location may change. My perspectives are going to change. My expectation is what's going to change the most. And that's what happens when you want bigger things. Your expectations change. If you want to, I have a friend of mine, um, Rich Alvarez. He's doing a, uh, a uh, he's a personal trainer, former bodybuilder who, um, who was the uh, co-founder or the founder of NPC First Call Out. That's what he, he has, a, his own fitness competition. And uh, it's October 2nd, I think, of this year. And, um, you know, it's a shame I'm not going to be able to do it this year. But you know what? I want to do it next year. I th I'm going to make that a plan. Right now, I weigh about 187, 190 pounds. It's not a lot of muscle. I was over 200, and it wasn't. I'm, I've never been fat a day in my life. I was very muscular at one point. But um, you know, I, I've lost a lot of weight because I've I've cut out a lot of different foods, and there have been days I haven't eaten, just not felt hungry. But I want to I want to do a competition, and there's a and I have an expectation of how I want my body to look. I know what's expected of me. I know what my body's expected to look like before I can jump on a stage. So at that point now, now I have to forensic, now I have to reverse engineer it and go, okay, what's step one? Step one is you got to clean up your diet and get disciplined. Then you got to discipline your sleep, discipline your diet, discipline a routine and your workouts. And then you have to push your body and do certain things to your body that you've never done before. Workouts that you've never done before stretches and things that you've never done it takes a level of discipline determination and consistency that i've never exhibited before what, what what it took for me to look like i was really in shape to look like i had a boxer's body and what it takes to look like to get on a stage has two totally different mindsets but you can use a little bit of it the same way all that time you spent building that resume as an employee and if you, right now you want to be an entrepreneur you want to be an employer instead of an employee. That's some of those same rudimentary skills that you use to build that resume. Now you're going to build your business plans and your resume is just going to be nothing more than a bio. OK, that's all. Nothing more than some sort of bio. It's, it's, that's it. So. These the expectations that are going to change for you guys, for all of us out there. I have different expectations. I have a salary range right now that where I the money I wanted to make a couple of years ago is not the same money I want to make now I want to make quadruple that for me to make quadruple that money what does that mean I have to use different muscles right 
the difference between being kind of big and looking like I'm in shape and being super strong and putting up three, three plus plates in the gym on a bench, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a difference between that and looking like I can jump on a stage or get, in, get into a magazine. That's different. So the leap that it's going to take, I have certain rudimentaries. I have certain muscle memory that can get me to get on the stage, I feel. And I have certain muscle memory as an entrepreneur that can possibly get me to quadruple my salary. But I have to implement dedication. I have to be dedicated. I have to be disciplined. I have to be consistent. And I have to have the desire to want it. How bad do I want it? If I'm still living in this country, there's a particular salary that I want. If I'm no longer living here, I have another kind of salary that I want and a lifestyle that I want to lead. And it takes a lot of work to get there. All these things that we want to accomplish, it takes effort. But I don't want you to look at it like that. I want you to look at it through the eyes of Yannick, who called up that Canadian conservatory at 10 years old and said, hey, I want to be a conductor. <laughs> and they said, well, this is what you got to do. And he took every challenge as if it was another adventure. Every task that adults sometimes think are arduous and you go, oh, God, I got to do that. No, he looked at it and said, okay. What would, what, be, what would be considered mundane to many, he considered it an adventure, a game to him. So we have to, as adults, turn the mundane, all the mundane things that we have to do when we're trying to accomplish our goals. Coming up with a business plan, let me tell you something. I love creating businesses and creating ideas. You know what I don't like? Business plans. Hey, how much do you plan on making for the first three to five years? How much starting capital do you have? How much do you are your partners? Oh my gosh, paperwork, me and paperwork, Lord, the worst. However, it's necessary. It's a necessary part of this whole thing that we're doing. So I have to, you have to turn the mundane into a game. Like, all right, great. Because a business plan is a great way for you to write down exactly what it is that you're doing. A workout plan is a great way to see exactly what it's necessary of you, if, what is necessary for you to accomplish your goals. If you're, if you're looking to get back into school, that syllabus, um, when you look at the whole course objective and all the classes and the requirements and the electives and what they're expecting of you, you get to see it firsthand. Oh, all right, all right, all right, okay, yeah. And you get to sit there with yourself and you have a conversation, the same way we're having a conversation now. You get to work it out. You get to work it out and you get to work out all the finite details and it becomes an adventure. When I was going to school, searching for classes was exciting. Some people hated it. I loved it. I sound like a geek. I'm a geek at heart. I'd be like, oh, man, so, okay, oh, I could take this elective and, oh, I heard this teacher's cool. Oh, you know, before I sign up for this class, let me see who knows this teacher. Matter of fact, before I sign up for this class, I'm going to go to the school and look at that teacher right in their face and be like, hey, do you teach such and such? What should I expect? That's what I do. I was excited. I wouldn't sleep the night before I was going to choose a class because I'm like, okay, I want to meet the teacher. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm thinking of taking your class. I saw your class online. It looks interested. I'm interested in this subject. Um, you have a minute to talk. I would go speak to teachers a semester before I was going to take their class and set up a rapport with them from the jump. So if I did decide to take their class, I walked in and like, hey, June, people are looking at me like he must have taken this class before. Nah, nah. I prepared for success. I prepared already and I treated it like that 10 year old conductor, 10 year old kid that ended up being one of the youngest conductors. I said, How, what do I got to do? 
and I asked what's expected, how many tests usually for the class. I'd find out everything. And I got a yellow legal pad open and I'm just I'm interviewing teachers before I even take their class. This is what you got to do when you're preparing for success, when, you, when you're looking to take that leap. This is what you're doing. So this conversation is important. Big things. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Maybe big things, maybe something else. But this is an important conversation for all of us to have because the world right now is beating us up with negative information. If it's not what's going on in Kabul, it's what's going on in Israel and Palestine. If it's going on in North, if it's going on in the United States, we have senators beefing with each other. We have we have Louisiana after the hurricane. We have Haiti. There's a lot of things going on, and of course, we have. I don't want to call it the elephant in the room, but you know, you know what it is. We have vaccines, or we have jabs, or not jabs. We have viruses. We have the Wu. We have this variant. We have the Mu variant. Wait, what? And then I'm. Then I, I just happen to be looking at the news and there's something coming out of India, Nippa, something. like. OK, yeah. So it's like every single week. It seems like a, a, a manifest, a discouragement manifesto. You're asking yourself, what's the point? What's the point? This is what the hell? What more? Should I even try to do anything? Because it's, you know, they're going to shut everything down anyway. That's a lot of people thinking. You can't plan as if they're going to shut things down. You have to plan as if they're going to open everything up. And then you have to say, if they do shut things down, how do I profit? Sounds horrible. I know. But guess what? We all have to eat. And I preferably like to eat several meals a day. Understand? I like to eat well. I eat great. And I like to eat at restaurants. I like I like Gouye cheese in my fridge. I have Bellinis for no apparent reason. I don't need special occasions to pop open bottles of nice champagne. That's just me. That's just me. It's not. I don't use it for. It's not just for birthdays and 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 accomplishments. I woke up this morning and I'm beautiful. That's enough. For, that sounds like a champagne day for me. Okay. So so. We can't live our lives in a discouraging matrix or discouragement manifesto that we see on our news and we see on our on our, uh, our reels and our feeds. No, don't let them feed you that. Open up y your eyes opened today. They're going to open up tomorrow. And it means you're open to the new opportunities. Look yourself in the mirror and bet on yourself because I'm betting on you. OK, so, um, yeah, like I said before. Any questions, suggestions, concerns, definitely email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. Um, definitely rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. If you're on Spotify, follow the show, Amazon Music or Amazon Podcast, definitely follow. I do also have a cash app. It's a dollar sign June Bow, J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's how you can find me on on um, uh, uh, on Cash App. And um, I think next episode, we're going to speak about some things um, that are going on in Haiti. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Uh, well, I'm not going to. I'm going to publicly let you guys know about a sort of like a donation, a drive, charity drive that I'm having. Um, but I'm um, like I said, I've, I think I've told some people this before. Um, you can always send me a Cash App and you can say for Haiti or for show. 
you send me, let's say you want to send me $100, you can say 50 for Haiti, 50 for the show, or 70 for Haiti, 30 for the show. And I'll make sure that 70 goes to wherever, you know, but we'll work that out. But in any case, a lot of things are going on. And I really want you guys to invest in not just this show, but invest in the products because the product, what we're selling is not snake oil. Invest in the vitamins, invest in the books, invest in the diaries, invest in the journals because it's an investment in yourself. It's you betting on you when you decide to write these things down on paper. It's you betting on you when you decide to take your vitamins and, and your minerals and your supplements uh, regularly. You're betting on yourself. You know, this is not about us. This is a this is not about me. It's about us is what I'm trying to say. So um, thank you guys for tuning in to this uh, latest conversation. Until next time.